Meep. What's up, Jock? This is Bugs Bunny, and you're tuning into This Means Podcast. Are you ready, eager young space cadet? Meep, meep. Where's the kaboom? There was supposed to be an earth-shattering kaboom. Hello and welcome to Of Course You Realize This Means Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Graves, and with me today, I'm proud to bring on the show Dave Alvarez, a renowned storyboard artist and character designer on some projects you might be aware of, such as The Flintstones and WWE, Stone Age Smackdown, Tom and Jerry Meet Willy Wonka, SpongeBob SquarePants, and Mighty Magisword. But for our purposes, he's here because he's worked on the past three iterations of the Looney Tunes, and I can't wait to pick his brain about those. Uh, Dave, thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, thank you for inviting me. I also wanted to point out your studio is the first Puerto Rican creative studio with 19 years experience, and you've worked with so many renowned companies uh, from Walt Disney Studios to Warner Brothers. You've worked with Paul Dini and, yeah. uh, and Edios. Yeah, yeah. I've been around. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, fantastic. And congratulations on all of those projects. And it's really ironic that you've worked with Paul Dini before because Paul Dini is the one that did the commentary track for the Golden Collection release of Super Rabbit, which is the short we're going to be discussing. And oh. I, I took notes from his commentary to add into the show. Oh, that's great. Paul is my, my friend, you know, we've been, been friends for years, so that's great. <laughs> oh, awesome. I've been a fan of his for years, uh, going back to the animated series, uh, Batman specifically, but also his work on Tiny Toons. Oh, yeah, that too. I yeah. created a lot of stuff for him too, with Polly Witch and, and a lot of these characters. I have done illustrations for all these years, so yeah, we, we're, we're good buddies. <laughs> oh, awesome. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Hello, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> so could you let our listeners in on to some of the work that you've done on the Looney Tunes franchise, including storyboard cleanup, maybe what that means, and your character design work? Oh, wow. Well, the Looney Tunes, have, I've been around with them for quite a while. I started off with the Looney Tunes comics for DC Comics, and uh, that kind of led me to to the animation department and I started working on the on other you know incarnations of them like the Looney Tunes show and uh, then Wabbit on the Looney Tunes cartoons and eventually the new uh, Looney Tunes cartoons are being aired on HBO so I've done quite a stuff on the Looney Tunes Excellent. And the the work that is being done over there is, I, I just love it. It's such a great throwback to the 40s and 50s era of the show. And uh, the the character designs are representative, representative of that in a really fun way. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's, that's great. Thank you. I appreciate that you like that. 
Yeah, I do. As soon as I saw them, I, I immediately fell in love with them. And I feel like they have captured that nostalgia and mm-hmm. the nuance of the characters that I grew up and loved. And I always felt that the other iterations were a bit too sharp or like the edges were too strict um, or their lines were too bold. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, the only with um, the Looney Tunes is, is something, you know, you, you need to have some certain kind of freedom. So I think this is the first time that they are allowing them to do that. So that's a wonderful thing. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. Never thought of that. Mm-hmm. But um, it's it's absolutely in that freedom that uh, that you feel the, the fluidity of what it is to be a, a wascally wabbit, if you will. <laughs> yeah, wascally wabbit. <laughs> Um, so for the Bugs Bunny celebration, the World of Mayhem, the mobile app game that we cover on the show, you were able to contribute two comic uh, books, I want to say. They're, they're mm-hmm. panels, but essentially they're, they're a full story. And they cover the origins of Super Rabbit and the Flaming Succotash. Mm-hmm. Did, uh, yeah. did, you have, did you have a lot of fun doing those? Those were great. Those were great, and, and that, those were quite a challenge because uh, Fez and I wanted them to have a kind of a retro look, like they're classic looking. Yes. And, uh, and I think well, we achieved that. It was kind of fun to do that. So yeah, Super Rabbit is one of the coolest ones that I had more fun on. So <laughs> I like it. He is, and I feel like you really captured that Chuck Jones inspiration there. And uh, Pez, you bring up, that's uh, Dave Pez Hoffman, uh, who wrote the script for those. Mm-hmm. And there's also, so you're the main artist there, but there was also artist art direction by Guillerme de Cas, uh, yep. and Dave Pez as well. And Dave Pez. Phenomenal work across the board. I really love these. I love the throwback sensibilities with them. And I feel like you even captured the in short parody that they did back in the 50s of Super Rabbit in your, when Bugs is falling off the building, it's kind of like that old Fleischer cartoon drawing. And I feel like you captured that as well. Oh, that's great. Then my work is done. (laughs) Uh, Well, great work it is. And I I love, uh, I love reading it. I, I did notice that there was a change, and I, I'm not sure if you uh, if you want to clear the air on this or or enlighten us. But instead of the really nice scientist who created Super Rabbit, in the comic we have the mad scientist Doctor Frankenbeans. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a secret reason why it's him instead? Well, not really that secret. You know, it's kind of obvious. Uh, they are using all the characters that are known inside the Lincoln's world. And uh, even though there was a nice little scientist who was the one who gave uh, uh, Bugs Bunny his powers, uh, they wanted to use Dr. Frankenbeans because it was the most recognizable face. Uh, also because it's kind of slowly developing into kind of, you know, their own uh, universe. So they're, they're, they're kind of uh, linking one character to another. So I don't know, maybe, maybe Dr. Frankenbeans would have a larger uh, you know, uh, role on, on this. So keep your eyes peeled on that. 
<laughs> yeah, I I really love his little redemption going on there. <laughs> yeah. now he's, he's empowering these these Toon characters that he originally hated. Yeah, he hated everybody. So, <laughs> but as, as you can see in the comics, the, the castle says reform scientists. So, so he's kind of you know, ending his ways. Oh, I love it. I love that there's a shared universe now <laughs> within this world. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Uh, so currently the Looney Tunes are making news in that they have updated the WBShop.com to feature Looney Tunes face masks, new t-shirt designs over there, as well as the Space Jam 2 hat sported by the star of that film. Well, we all know the star of that film is Bugs Bunny. But mm-hmm. the, the co-star of Space Jam 2, LeBron James, uh, mm-hmm. you can find that hat over at wbshop.com. And that's really fun. I, I'm definitely going to check that out. And yeah. probably, you know, break the bank a little bit over there. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's the biggest thing you got to break. So. <laughs> and as you know, there was an outpouring of love over Bugs Bunny for his 80th birthday across all social media. There was a hashtag on Twitter that included a hashtag Bugs Bunny or Bugs Bunny 80 that included an image next to his name in a really fun purple circle. And Mm -hmm. drawings from all over the world were sent through social media as, as respectful as can be to this wonderful character that we all know and love Mm -hmm. and cherish. And I, I just wanted to, point out what a great celebration that was whenever people were talking about bugs bunny a year ago i did not see this happening i did not see this amount of love happening for this character and i'm so glad we got it yeah you know it's great because since we have social media now that's something that you couldn't see years before that i remember (laughs) i think it was when he went 70 or 75 uh, Warner Brothers was saying that oh, we, we won't celebrate and, you know, fictional characters birthdays anymore because people were not so into it but it wasn't it, it was because we were n- not living in these times right now because we have social media everywhere and, you know, you can something that can become huge and big in a matter of seconds so exactly. you know, Bugs Bunny's birthday kind of it went huge you know, it was like, hey, he became Eddie, and everybody was posting, you know, cartoon bits and drawings and, and saying happy birthday. And wow, it was, it was wonderful. So, it, you and know, such memories, listening memories of watching Looney Tunes with their fathers or yeah, yeah, family. And yeah, it just it warmed my heart, man. <laughs> it warmed my heart yeah. to see that. So, I yeah. love that. Mm-hmm. It I was, also. It was. I also loved the little happy birthday celebration given to Bugs by all of his co-stars in a Looney Tunes cartoon inspired short made by the team over there. And Mm -hmm. this short included a lot of rare characters that we hardly ever see, including the Dodo Bird. Did you have any work on this? Well, no, no, not on that one. But it was, it, it was great. I, I, I like what it, how it ended. You know, there's a lot of people, artists working there. I didn't have a say on that one. 
no worries yeah i, I just i i had to ask <laughs> but also yeah. i just i loved it it was it was really fun and i really love seeing all those new interpretations that i can only imagine are going to show up later on yeah yeah keep your eye peeled man. Keep your eyes <laughs> keep your eyes peeled <laughs> They are very peeled, like Clockwork Orange style. They're being oh yeah. <laughs> give me new, give me new content. Yeah, new content that is. <laughs> um, the official Looney Tunes Twitter account threw a party of its own, and had the characters show up with uh, a baked carrot cake. <laughs> yeah. And it was just appropriately wacky and zany, and I loved it as well. Yeah, it was great. Everybody was into it, so it it, it became you know bigger than than I was expecting. So it, it was great. Absolutely, and last but not least, we had the USPS stamp release of mm-hmm. really commemorative designs in a modern style, and they were mostly done by the current team of animators and producers over at Looney Tunes cartoons, and those were phenomenal and uh i have two sheets of them already (laughs) might be buying some more but i really i really love that they are representing this character in such a prestigious way that's good they they, they look wonderful i like uh yeah you have super rabbit there yeah yeah he's there so many classic poses and classic costumes that bugs wore throughout the years are represented there and I feel like they pulled the most iconic. I don't think there's a single one that they left out that I would have, you know, felt false about. No, I think they're all them. Even Space Jam, oh, because yeah, I'll be working with Space Jam too soon. So uh, you, uh, <laughs> yeah, you, you have to look at that one when it comes out. You will enjoy it. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I can't wait. Can't wait for Space Jam too. Yeah. And last but not least, we had a new trailer. Basically, a recut of everything we've already seen in the first batch of shorts. However, they added little hints of a Hawaiian cartoon short with Bugs and Elmer and Tweety throwing a party along with snippets from uh, the hysterically funny moments that hadn't previously been released to the public, um, Mm -hmm. such as that slide scene in Big League Beast that is really funny in the short. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah I, I can't wait to see this Tweety party because he, it looks like he's going through social media inviting other Looney Tunes that he's never interacted with yeah you know Tweety knows how to throw a party so Which party? <laughs> <laughs> well I cannot wait to see him throw a party because I can only imagine what kind of rowdiness that will cause yeah it will. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to spotlight that original short from whence Super Rabbit was born. And that is a really fun one from my childhood. There's a little segment that takes place in Texas, which is where I'm from originally. Oh. And I, I just, I love this short. It means so much to me. And it made me fall in love with Bugs Bunny to begin with, I think. It's one of my earliest memories of it, of uh, watching Bugs on uh, Saturday morning cartoons. Oh, that's the part when he wasn't deep in heart, uh, Texas, I think. 
Yes. <laughs> yeah. Which is actually Chuck Jones's favorite joke, that sign that says Deep in the Heart of <laughs> Deep in the Heart of Texas. <laughs> exactly. Deep in the Heart of Texas. <laughs> so Super Rabbit was a 1943 cartoon directed by Chuck Jones, written by Ted Pierce, and animator was Ken Harris. Look, up there in the sky. It's a Boyd. Nah, it ain't a Boyd. It's a dive bomber. No, it's Super Rabbit. And this was a parody of the Max and Dave Fleischer Superman series. And also the Superman comics. It was kind of the best of both worlds being squashed into a Looney Tunes cartoon. And Mm -hmm. I ate it up as a kid because I love superheroes and I love Looney Tunes. And what's better than mashing those two together? Yeah. Yeah, that, that was a great mix. I love that short. It's so good. And there's so many classic moments, uh, such as Bugs, after he is given the super carrot and turns into a super rabbit, he goes into a phone booth to change and he comes out as Bo Peep. This looks like a job for Super Rabbit. Pardon me, wrong costume. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, it's it's just, it's so iconic in so many ways that it actually has created its own legacy that we're still talking about today in the, the comics that you drew and having the character join this mobile app game for new audiences of all ages who play the game. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it, it's really, it's really great. It's wonderful. I'm glad that people like it. So it was a nice little surprise for everybody. And as I mentioned earlier, uh, on the Golden Collection, Paul Dini did a commentary where he informed the viewer of some behind-the-scenes happenings of the short and what made it so great. And I just wanted to rattle off a few here that I thought were interesting. Mm-hmm. Sure. It's not only a parody of Superman in the costume, the Clark Kent persona with the mild-mannered woodland creature that Bugs turns into, but specifically that changing in the phone booth. There always had to be a phone booth. Even whenever they're in Texas, there's a random (laughs) phone booth that pops up where he has to use to change into the costume before he can do his super heroics. There's, There's also a lot of great absurdity in that Bugs is the rascal and always... You know, he he turns the the villain into a cheerleader uh, for him by basically by putting on him on the stands and shouting this hoorah, hoorah, hooray! Okay, now boys, come on, talk it up, come on, fellas, talk it up now, let's give it to him. Come on, kids, let's give you your rickety wax. Break a break a firecrackers, this boom ba, Bucks Bunny, Bucks Bunny, rah rah rah. You know, the villain Cottontail Smith completely forgets why he's fighting Bugs in the first place, which is just (laughs) classic Bugs. Yeah, very classic. (laughs) Chuck Jones was breaking out of a specific formula he was being tied to where he was known as a counterweight to Walt Disney early in his career. And this was the first short that showed a more... Uh, exaggerated style, which I think is really fascinating because when we think of Chuck, we think of those, you know, uh, extreme close-ups and like those expressions, but also the absurd backgrounds that the characters interact with. And I feel like this kind of started all of that. Uh, There's Mm -hmm. hints of things that 
would uh, grow into that Chuck Jones style that we know and love, which is really fun. Yeah, I, I like the way that Chuck used to, you know, I, I had, I love the, you know, it's, it's kind of, it's hard to explain, you know, because it, it's a simple way of Chuck, like, you know, he just raises an eyebrow or just takes some time uh, with the character looking on camera or just the other camera, the other character reacting to what the other one says, you know, it's just, this that little thing in timing that Chuck Jones did that made this cartoon so yeah. wonderful and 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 you know so Super Rabbit is one of them uh, like you said that's the one that started it all but uh, eventually right. in the career you can see more of that that's great I think of Duck Amuck where the camera zooms into Daffy's eyes and you just see the wrinkles and you see like where the beak hits the the <laughs> you know eye area it, it's just really interesting how his style formed and he became so minute with his expression yeah. he, he really honed in on what was funny and what would make an audience like gaggle <laughs> and, uh, and it works it, like everything that he did back then just is phenomenal yeah he, he knew what he was doing so Hello, Mr. Rabbit. A rabbit? Up here? <laughs> it was great. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Another bit of trivia is the villain in this, Cottontail Smith, appears here in this short, and he doesn't come back until 2003's Looney Tunes Back in Action. He's the only villain that has disappeared for that <laughs> long and not returned <laughs> until a feature film, which is really fun. You know, it, it, now that you mentioned it, that's funny because uh, when when that movie was being in the middle of production, mm -hmm. they called me to to do the comic version of it, the, the adaptation. Oh, nice! So, yeah, they, it's funny because they they handed over like five versions of the script. They kept changing the script every time, so you didn't know what was going to happen. And that scene in particular. Uh, when I saw the character, I was like, wait, 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 I said this character before, and I started searching <laughs> all over, and, 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 and I was like, wait, that's the guy from Super Rabbit. Oh, damn, that was, that was, that was a long time ago. Oh, my gosh, that's so, awesome. Uh, yeah, so uh, we drew that scene, and, and ironically, that was one of the scenes that got caught at first, but then they put it back. So, yeah, it, 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 it has some weight, so... <laughs> Absolutely. And, uh, I'm, yeah, it does. I'm glad they put it back. I'm glad it stayed in the in the film. Yeah, yeah, it did. It did. It was wonderful. I've I vividly remember that shot too, and uh, I remember I don't I don't know if I necessarily recognized him, but I re recognized the the character and me having a reaction to seeing him again. Oh, like I didn't remember exactly what he was from, but I remember him prominently in my mind. Yeah, it, it's the same thing that happened to me. It was, it was like, I've seen you before. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, when I was on the, on the Lundin's comic, uh, the editor used to call me because I kind of remember every single character. You know, I grew up with the Lundin, so I, I kind of knew them by heart. And she was like, uh, her name was Dana Kirchin. It's Dana Kirchin's round. So uh, 
she <laughs> used to call me and said, you remember this character it used to be short and look like Daffy Dog, but it's not Daffy Dog and he has this little big hat and oh yeah, 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 that's his, that's his nephew, yeah. So, oh yeah, really? <laughs> yeah, he ate a lollipop this huge and this and that. <laughs> <laughs> so they, 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 they kind of call me for those things. It was, it was, it was kind of funny. We used to love obscure characters in those comics, so that was fun. You're also known for putting little Easter eggs in things. Oh, yeah. I, I like that, precisely because of that, you know, because people sort of don't expect that, and it's kind of take them by surprise. I keep them, <laughs> I keep them awake by doing those little things. And, yeah. yeah, and I, I appreciate it a lot. <laughs> uh, I noticed that uh, the, you, you have the Can Monster, is in your comic for uh, this, the Flaming Succotash. He's the one, or so the can monster at the end of Water, Water, Every Here mm-hmm. is bouncing up and down on the boards and it's what spills the hot sauce into the scientist's mechanism of giving Sylvester Jr. his powers. Mm-hmm. And I love the fact that you have the can monster there. Yeah, you know, that, that, that's kind of the fun of, uh, you know, creating a, a universe and I'm making you know the, the two fingers thing universe <laughs> because uh, you start looking back and try to connect to, to connect everything that happened before with what's happening now and the can monster you know from one of the shorts <laughs> it was kind of a any bit of a, a, a nice touch to add for this so people know that we are going to connect everything that you can think of to make this universe happen. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. So yeah, that's it. awesome. Fin- finishing up the episode, uh, I just wanted to run down uh, one other thing, which is that I, I found this out, and I-, I thought this was amazing. So this short was made during World War II, mm-hmm. and at the end, Bugs enlists in the Marines mm-hmm. as a stronger symbol than Superman and a more powerful human mm-hmm. uh, action and the marines apparently were so flattered by this that they inducted bugs bunny into the marines complete with dog tags as a private mm-hmm. and he stayed within the marines throughout world war ii and eventually got decommissioned as a master sergeant wow and that is pretty great so next time we have a a veterans day we have to ad- address bugs as his official title of master sergeant bugs bunny yeah master sergeant bugs bunny <laughs> it did happen so <laughs> that, that's history yeah yeah because of this short it did yeah, happen at the end he went walking down the way to berlin tokyo like that and point c is <laughs> yeah. So, yeah i remember that part Looks like a job for a real Superman. From the halls of Montezuma to the shores of Tripoli. Sorry, fellas. I can't play with you anymore. I got some important work to do. (laughs) Yes, exactly. There are so many good visuals in this that are iconic. Uh, You have, obviously, Bugs waking up next to the already chewed carrot and just the background design there and and his extreme face shape in frame um with the in the foreground and 
it's just it's phenomenal work um so i i really appreciate this short on all the levels that it's firing on which is everything everything is great about it um so yeah thank I really, I really, <laughs> I really loved your interpretation of that in the comic, and I felt that you captured the essence of what Chuck Jones was going for back uh, in the '40s here. Thank you. And uh, in the modern day, so congratulations Thank there. Thank you. I'm glad I did a little bit of justice in that. So <laughs> I appreciate it. Absolutely. I wanted to talk a little bit about your work on each individual version of the mm-hmm. franchise, if we may. So you started with Looney, the Looney Tunes show in 2015, correct? Yeah, that's true. And what was what was that work like? What was that process? Well, the process was I, I, the, what I like most about working on that show is that is that everyone had a say. You know, you could have some input, even visual input, or uh, you know, some input in the script, depending on what you know, what they were creating at that very moment so this when the show aired it, it felt like uh you know like everybody has something to do and it was our little show <laughs> because you know nice. we all said you know we all communicated and we kept constant communication with everybody and we were like oh you know that's this guy's hat, this guy's you know, gag. And, and, and you can say, oh, they, they use my, my joke or something like that. You know? and, and, and everything was like, it was, was great in that aspect. It, it was very sad when it ended because, you know, it, it was a sad feeling because it was the kind of a little family that was tearing up a fork when the show uh, went off. So it, it, it was kind of fun sure. in, in terms of in the creative aspect. I liked it. I liked the, the show very much. That's excellent. I, I loved that it took chances. It was bold. It was risky. They did things in music video style. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and it always felt that they were trying to go for a new take on these characters and a new modern sensibility about them. And I really appreciate the risk that they took with it. Yeah, because they... these characters are, you know, about 80 years old, all of them. Mm-hmm. And they have the ability to be folded and put into other boxes and see, you know, you, you just have to see what works. And, you know, doing this sort of sitcom version was a really good experiment, I think. And I know a lot of fans of it. So yeah, it, congrats on all your work there. It was it was bold, especially the first, you know, the first thing that you can see that we were very bold that was when Jessica really signed all the all the Looney Tunes. When, you know, with having Spike Brand and Tony Cervoni on helming the project, on a set of the project, you know, you, you were going to expect big things to happen. And mm-hmm. the first thing that happened was that they, they decided to redesign the Looney Tunes, which was unthinkable until then, you know. Yeah, we were all using the same model shit and, you know, Bugs Bunny needed to look like this and that. And suddenly mm-hmm. Jessica, Jessica, uh, Jessica I mean, came up with these wonderful designs and, 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 you know, everybody was digging it. So uh, that was the first sign that, you know, this is, was not going to be the same thing <laughs> you were used to, to watch. So, so uh, you know, it was a very, very risky show. Yeah. Yet 
you know, special in that aspect. It's very unique. I really appreciate going back to it and uh, seeing what you guys did. It, uh, it, it really comes off as something special, I think, in the long run. Yeah, I, I hope so. <laughs> so that's great. And then thanks to HBO Max, they recently installed and, and uploaded all of the uh, first two seasons of Wabbit, uh, f- now known as the new Looney Tunes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And can you talk a bit about that project and your role there? Well, I had, even though I was there, I, I did you know, very, very little on those shorts. I, 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 I was called when, when it was going to be named Wabbit. And okay. when that, by that time, they started, you know, I, I was in the, in the main uh, meeting that they made on the show. And it was through so many changes in the way, so many, it went over to so many uh, producers as well. So and even though it started like something that was going to be kind of different, Mm-hmm. Uh, it morphed into the, the new Looney Tunes cartoons that, that they eventually did. So I, I, I kind of got lost in the way because I started working when, when, when it was Wabbit and when it, it became the new Looney Tunes, I did so very little in them that uh, I, you know, I, I don't know what happened there. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know what happened there. But, but yeah, yeah, it was it was a very strange transition, <laughs> I must say. From my understanding, they wanted to have kind of a back to basics approach where you had bugs in the hole and mm-hmm. he meets new characters and they go on new adventures and, and new things happen with mm-hmm. uh, bugs being the central figure. And then along the way, they started adding in classic Looney Tunes characters and they were like, well, we're, we're working in this world. Why can't we have Daffy? Why can't we have Porky? Why can't we have, uh, <laughs> have Marvin mm-hmm. come back? And uh, from what I've seen of it, I really, I really enjoyed the dynamics that are created out of those new pairings. It's really rare that we get a Daffy and Marvin the Martian uh, short and we got mm-hmm. that here. So I really appreciate the odd pairings. The character designs are really fun. The fluidity of the animation was fun on on the ones that I've seen. Mm -hmm. And uh, the background and the layouts are really striking. And I thought they were really effective. Yeah, glad you like it. And now uh, we have the new Looney Tunes cartoons Mm -hmm. up on HBO Max. They're premiering there. And I had had been waiting ever since those were announced. I've been head over heels over the designs, over the idea, the ideology behind them. Mm -hmm. And just that, that really like nostalgic feel and everything that the team over there at Warner Brothers Animation is bringing to the table, you know, obviously under the, the rule of Pete Browngard and Sam Register and everybody over in the, the production offices. Mm-hmm. But those, um, those cartoons are, are really special to me. Mm-hmm. And from what I've seen, I've only seen the first batch. I cannot wait for the rest of them because uh, I know that there is 
a thousand minutes <laughs> apparently yeah. of animated content there's a lot more can you talk a bit about what it was mm-hmm. like going from a a different reiteration of these characters in the first two versions into something that harkens back to the 40s well um <laughs> well let me think about what can i say <laughs> <laughs> yes because I'm, in trouble. <laughs> yeah yeah i'm talking in general um you know this these cartoons are very special because like you said they're going back to uh, uh to the classic in them especially the the 40s uh, and 30s look uh for the characters that we all knew from those old vhs cartoons that you used to find on every <laughs> video store and and the ones that eventually became syndicated first before the the post 50 era where you find the, the new chuck jones and all, all those characters so there was that this this uh new looney tunes cartoons emulate that era the 40s uh so they kind of and they, they wanted to add something special from that area you know the big eyes the the, the basic stretch and squash and uh as you can see and one of the biggest things which was one of my concerns but if they were going to do this they couldn't do it with limited animation mm-hmm. not at all so they went all the way and they they most of these episodes are entirely animated uh by by artists and is character driven so uh yes big cheers to them for that no absolutely and i love the fact that you're bringing up the hand-drawn aspect to it there Mm -hmm. there is a a a hesitation about using these digital programs but there's a lot to be taken away from the digital programs that are important to animation Mm -hmm. and drawing either digitally or on paper is just the same as you know um the artistry that went into the classic shorts that we still love and still revisit Mm -hmm. and i think that a lot of that artistry is apparent in these and i'm absolutely loving what what i've seen so far and even you know the teaser of dynamite dance that we got Mm -hmm. about six months before hbo max dropped I felt that the stretch and pull animation there was just as amazing. And if not one of the greatest promos for Looney Tunes content I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's, it was amazing. I think it's, uh, so like you said before, it's, 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 everything is hand-drawn. Everything is, uh, you know, the artist has a lot to say on this. And uh, the storyboards are very fluid. When you see that, you can see why the cartoons eventually look that good because they they come from a strong base in the storyboard. So, they, you know, it, it, this is going to be a good show and you can expect uh, more great things that are about to come. So, yeah, I like it. Excellent. I'm excited. Yeah. I did have one follow-up question for you. Do you animate to the voices or do you draw out the characters and then the voices come in and then you change their mouth movements? It all depends on what the, you know, you already have the voices because that's the way that they used to to work these things. Well, they work these things now. Right. Yeah. 
so uh, you have the voices and you can kind of draw over them. But if by any chance, you know, the, the gag gets, gets lost because they, they need an input or something like that, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that they go ahead and, and you know, re-record re whatever they need to re-record with the, with the voice actors so they can achieve the, the, the gag properly or, or whatever they're going to do. So it's very flexible in that aspect, and, and, and that's why they look so great. Awesome. Cool. Well, I can't wait to see more of them. And who knows whenever the second batch will come, but as soon as it drops, I'm going to binge watch all of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you, Dave, for going over all of those projects and congrats on all of your work within them. Uh, I cannot wait to see more of your work. And I highly recommend all of our listeners go check out DASComics.com. You can see Dave Alvarez's work up there and all of his wonderful character designs that show up in his comics. And I, I hope that all of your pro projects get funded um, because I want to see more. <laughs> yeah, I hope so too. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, of course. Transitioning into the world of mayhem. This is the mobile app game available on your phone or Google play. You have the ability to unlock the characters that we've been talking about. Super rabbit and flamin Secatash. Mm -hmm. These characters have been introduced in celebration of Bugs's 80th, but also it's about time to get some superhero Looney Tunes in there. Yeah. <laughs> the only other thing you can yeah. do is add lunatics in there, but I don't know if that's going to happen. <laughs> so these characters are, are more than welcome. Oh, yeah. You better enjoy the ones that you add now. So <laughs> I don't know if it was. <laughs> Well, I more than am, and I cannot wait to see who else appears. Mm -hmm. Maybe we'll get the Batman version of Sylvester or the Green Lantern version of Daffy Duck. I don't know. You, you'll see. You'll see. I can't, <laughs> I can't say right now, but you'll see. That's fair. But thank you, Dave, for being on the show. I really appreciated this. I, I'm sure our listeners love the, the little teases and hints at things to come. Mm -hmm as well as a look back on Looney Tune reiterations of the past that have added to the legacy and kept the characters in our hearts. And even though people may not have noticed, they have always been there. And I think that's very important. Yeah, and I appreciate that people like that. So let's keep on being Looney. Keep on being Looney, I love that. <laughs> All right, Dave, where can people find you online? Oh, um, I'm kind of everywhere. So <laughs> you can look me up on Facebook on Dave Alder Studio, Studios with an S at the end. Uh, same thing on Instagram uh, and on Twitter as well. And uh, my webpage, which is uh, DASComics.com. So you can find me over there and say hello. <laughs> I'll be around. <laughs> Excellent. And you can follow the podcast on This Means Pod on Twitter, This Means Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And it's been lovely talking to you, Dave. Thank you so much for stopping by. Thank you. Likewise. Thank you. As our listeners know, that's not all, folks. See you next time. You ought to know a super rabbit. You better.
means able to leap the highest buildings, etc., etc. Exactly. Hmm, well now, ain't that cozy?